Hey everyone, welcome to Life with the Money Margria. Today's segment, I'm going to talk about book covers. Now, I just recently started um, joining this group on Facebook, which basically helps other authors with their books and everything. And I've noticed a lot of amazing topics that I could use here to kind of explain for new authors and writers that are trying to get their things published. Like these are big problems for actually putting your stuff out there, especially when you're self-publishing. So one of the topics that we were discussing, a man was talking about like, how can he pick, like how can you pick the right cover for his book? Now, understand this, especially when you're self-publishing, even if you're not self-publishing, but you're designing your your cover outside of the publisher, is that your your cover should be just as important as the content of your book. So you shouldn't be thinking about shopping for your concept in pre-existing covers, like, you know, stock images or covers that designers have already had. One, because you don't know if that image or that concept has already been used. And maybe they have accidentally might have given it to another author. Then you have two books with the same cover and that could be a problem. And two readers look at that. So they look at, they can tell when you get like a already made cover or something that might not even be relevant to your content. Now, if you can find one that's relevant to your content, that's fine. But your front cover is like the, it's not only the attraction of the readers, but it also is for those diehard fans that you get later, like the diehard readers that are actually going to buy your books every time you publish this is what they see and this is what they'll analyze it so if you have a personalized concept that you personally made or you actually person you told the um cover designer details like basically a detailed account of what you want detailed concept of what you want for your, your cover they will look at that and they will dissect it and see, okay, what, it seems like this cover is relating to the content of the book itself. What is, what is the actual message that the author has put within this? What is the actual message that the, and symbolism that the author has actually put within this cover? What is it that they're trying to say with the images that are in the cover of this book? Now, this is something that a lot of people wonder why it takes me a while, especially when it comes to the, like the, the design phase of my book. One of that, one of the reasons why it takes forever is because of my cover, my book. But covers for my book are crucial, so I always try to get them done first before I even do like the main editing and rewrite. Like for eyes, it took me a while to even come up with the concept because even when I got a designer. They still couldn't come up with the concept that I wanted, but we still got an amazing concept that was straight to the point of what I wanted to convey in the symbolism. I'm not going to go into detail about that. I want you, the readers, to kind of analyze it yourself and let me know what you think I was thinking when I actually came up with the cover for eyes. Same thing with the pacemaker. The pacemaker, I literally came up with this book concept maybe like two months ago. Yet, 
when it came to the cover concept, even though it wasn't exactly what I told the designer, it still had a lot of meaning to what I wanted to convey. And so I was able to actually warp my concept to to actually, or the meaning that I wanted to convey within this cover. So even though it wasn't exactly what I wanted, I could actually warp it around the concept of the book. Now, first thing I want to let anyone know before you guys actually read the book is that if anyone wants to know who the character is in the front, on the front book, because as you read The Pacemaker, you're going to realize it's not the main character. So knowing that you could kind of see, maybe you can actually get the symbolism that I, I'm conveying with this cover. But like I said, the symbolism within the cover is everything for selling the book. It's just as important as getting a catchy cover. A lot of people think that just getting a catchy cover is that's it. But for you to have a catchy cover, you have to have some type of you, for you have a catchy cover, you have to have some type of symbolism. There has to be some meaning behind the cover. And I know we get this kind of mixed up when we look at like um, people call them schmuck novels or dime store novels. Um, those really quick like period pieces or romance novels that literally they probably wrote those within like a day or so. Things that you could find for really cheap like at Kmart or ShopRite or Walmart or whatever. The ones that are normally sitting there on those on those shelves, things like the period pieces or even erotica. Like we see that they always have like a very simple cover and I'm not dissing those types of novels. I actually used to love reading those period pieces when I was younger. I just can't read all of them because I noticed as I read more complicated things and like classical novels, like classic novels and things like that, I just couldn't read those novels anymore because I saw the recurring theme in a lot of the writers, especially the ones that read like that write the um, period pieces. I noticed a lot of authors, they were different authors, were using literally the same theme, just different characters. They, It's like exact same scenario, just different characters in different places and like they changed it a little bit, but you could still see that they actually were using the exact same thing. Like they were using, it was the same exact plot. Like literally if you took one character from another book, if you switch the characters, you probably would get the same exact story, like literally. And so there's only a few of those period pieces that I really cherish a lot. Like there's Forever Yours by I think it's John Michael. I can't remember her last name. So I think it's John Michael, but I that was one of the first ones I think I read. That and The Raven. I love that book. Because that was the exact... That one was actually the first period piece that I read. And I think that's why it's one of my favorites. Um, Sauvé, which is not really... I wouldn't, it, it is a period piece, but it's not as detailed as some of those. So that one was... I like that one because that became a very big influence, especially with my novel eyes on, it became only a big influence on the whole thing about pretending to be a guy to get to what you desire. And now hers was kind of more, she was becoming a guy or a highway man because she kind of got bored because she was like this rich 
um, socialite. And she wanted the thrill of it. So that's kind of, I think, how she gets wrapped up in it. But that's kind of not, like, the same with Amadora. Like, the reason she pretends to be a guy is because she can't get what she desires as being Amadora. So she has to disguise herself. She has to come up with this elaborate plan to get what she wants. Only to later realize that maybe that's not exactly what she wants. So I kind of, I put my own twist to it. It's not the exact same. I only use that simple concept because I thought that was brilliant. That was, but I only read her, I think I read one of her first copies. So the advanced copies, I think is what I got. So there were still a lot of errors, like grammatical errors in it. And I think they changed it because I noticed she changed the cover and everything. But that's definitely one of my favorites, favorite reads. And there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head that I absolutely love. And, but these types of novels, like I notice, especially when I read more and more of these authors, is that they have the exact same theme. Like literally they just change the cover, change the characters. And that's why I stopped reading a lot of these novels because I, my mom and my aunts love these novels. Like, and I just can't. I can't read them anymore. I have to read classical. I have to read classic novels. Like currently, I'm actually finishing up The Godfather, but I wouldn't consider that a classic novel. But I finished up recently, I think Frankenstein, and I'm in, I adore that novel. I read I think bits and pieces of it through school, but I never actually read the entire novel. And one of my favorite classic novels are is The Count of Monte Cristo. Like I adore that book. Like I probably would read it again just because I love it so much. That has to be my all time. Like I don't think I can ever say that there's a novel that I love more than The Count of Monte Cristo. It's just impossible. The amount of suspense within that novel, like from beginning to end, you're hooked. Like he's literally yanked out this perfect life, loses the love of his life, thrown away from society because of some shady shit. And then basically he fights his way out. Like literally he loses all hope at first, but then he finds someone who restores that hope and gives him basically this litter hope and this treasure that he doesn't even know is still even there. He goes to find it and it actually still exists and he's able to reclaim a life of prestige and everything, actually to have a better life than he had before. But now he's wrapped up in this constant desire of revenge for all those that wronged him. And it's just like a brilliant novel. Like I can't, still can't believe that Alexander Dumas is the same one <laughs> that wrote The Three Musketeers because it's just, The Count of Monte Cristo is completely different from any of the Musketeer novels. And it just shows you how versatile he was as a writer. And I like those type of authors. When you can't even tell that from reading one book to the next, this is the same person. Now, this is the same author that wrote this book. Because it's like the mentality within The Count of Monte Cristo is ridiculous. It's just, it takes a really brilliant mind to come up with that. It, if you haven't read that book, it's a definite. I know somebody um, suggested the Don, Don Quixote. Yeah, no. I think I'm still trying to get through that one. I had started that novel. I still, it's too slow. 
in the beginning. I don't know if anyone's ever read Don Quixote, but it's very fucking slow. And I don't know, maybe it's just because it's slow in the beginning. It's one of those books where, like, for the first, like, 18 chapters, it's going to be slow. <laughs> but, yeah, it's one of those novels that I had to just put that back on the shelf right now because I did not have the patience. But my whole point is that your cover is everything. Your cover means a lot. Even when I look at these classic novels, I notice that even when they're re- publishing it that they are very particular with what they put for the cover so with Frankenstein you always have this obscure picture of a man scraggly looking um grotesque obviously you know that's who I guess supposed to be is Frankenstein this distraught man that has and that's what they pursue the reader perceives like there's so much you can get from a lot of these Frankenstein covers not the crap that you see in the movie because I, I remember seeing the movie and I was just like it's not even the fucking same it doesn't feel like it's close to the same like the are the Frankenstein monster now let you guys know that never read Frankenstein that Frankenstein is not the monster so that monster with the bolt in his neck and everything is that's Frankenstein's monster that's not Frankenstein. Frankenstein was actually the scientist. And I see that a lot in like cultures. Even with people, when they refer to Frankenstein, they always refer to Frankenstein as the monster, like the monster that we're used to in popular media, but it's actually Frankenstein's monster. That's what that is. It has no name, but Frankenstein's monster. Victor Frankenstein was the, the one that created Frankenstein's monster. So just letting you guys know that. And again, like I, I noticed when I was reading this and I like to see, I actually love this group because I have a lot of things. I don't really like, I'm one of those people, I don't really like giving out advice that much. I'm very shy about certain things because I don't know how some people are going to perceive it. I don't want people thinking it's ridicule or this and that. But when I give out critiques, like I try to keep it as simple as possible and as plain as possible. I don't try to offend anyone. I'm not one of those people like, oh, you have to do this, this, and this. No. I'll be like, maybe you should do this and try this. And it's the whole point of this is to kind of convey to your readers to do this. And I don't want people thinking like just because I wrote a few books that I know everything. No, it's just the fact that I have a lot of friends in publishing. So these are the same questions that I've asked them. So I have people that I know that I've asked these same questions to, and I'm just giving you advice that basically they told me. And this is why it takes me longer to just produce, because a lot of people, they want to just produce their novel without, without actually asking them these questions, and they wonder why their book doesn't sell. And this is why when I ask my friends these, these questions, they tell me, like, this is what you need to do. And so when I'm giving you advice, most likely it's advice that I've basically asked people before. Like before I even, I didn't really think about that when I went to Secrets of My Heart. Secrets of My Heart, I just decided, oh, I want it. It's my book, so I'm going to take a photo. And I'm thinking like maybe that's another reason I want to reproduce it because I want to have a more meaningful, um, a meaningful cover on it. One, so I'm probably, that's the reason why I'm republishing it with extra poems and stuff like that and also i want to have a book that doesn't have the intro to my novel in it so i'm trying to get rid of that and just add more po poems to it 
So that's my whole point. So I guess this, the novel that you guys are used to is going to be considered like a uh, version one or yeah. So that's the reason why I've noticed, especially when I came to my friends that are in publisher, uh, pub publishing, like they told me like, this is important. This is things that they told me. Cause I asked them these same exact questions or very similar questions. So this is what I'm saying. The cover is everything. This is one thing that they've told me over and over again, your cover, how it, how it, your audience looks at this cover and especially your future readers and your future fans are going to look at this cover and they're going to dissect this cover. It's a, it's the crappy stock cover that literally they can probably find on like eight different novels. They're going to look at that reflects you as a, as a writer. So basically what they told me is that it reflects you as a writer, if you have the regular stock cover or you're looking for a cover and you pick a cover, what if it happens to be a cover that was already reproduced somewhere else? So that's my whole thing is that they told me like, they would tell me like, you have to have, your cover should be just as creatively involved or you must be just as creatively involved with your cover as you would be your book, the content of your book, because your readers will look at that and they also measure you as a writer according to how creative your cover is how much thought did you put in this cover if you half-assed did it or you just kind of like said oh here it is like you know just put a a picture to it or something that is like it's just a stock photo where you know that you could probably find like eight different books with the same thing then they know that you're nothing more than just the content like maybe the content in it is not as creative or unique as what the photo is, uh, as what the cover is. So your cover is the eye catcher. Yes, that is true. But it also reflects on your creativity. So if you just half-ass do your cover, like you could have it a create like an amazing creative wonder within the content of your book. But if your cover is not unique or if it's just plain and stock images or just something that you picked up that was already pre-made, then it's going to reflect on you later. Your readers are going to use that and be like, okay, well, she's great for her content's amazing, but I wish you know, she put more thought into this, into the cover. The cover is never unique. This is stuff that they think about. This is stuff that they will nitpick at. And that's the one thing my friend told me, like, you have to actually look at this. You have to look at this and treat this as if you were treating the editing of your book, the content of your book, because it's just as important, especially when it comes to diehard fans later. So I, I really enjoy this group that I'm in and I love helping people. Like I said, I'm kind of shy when it comes to helping certain people because I don't know how people take advice. I know some people take advice pretty well, but others don't take advice really well. So it's really a great place for me to actually just help people. And I like to help other writers and authors and everything because I notice, especially if you're attempting to like self-publish, it's a world that is one frowned upon most of the publishing industry. I know a lot of people, especially other writers who have gotten published by major publications will shoot it down. And the reason I've noticed that they should, 
I've talked about this before. They shoot it down because, yes, there are publishing agencies or publishing scams out there. So it's like you have to really think about it. It's it's like you can get pulled into these scams like everything else, like, you know, getting rich schemes. There are all these assholes out there that are trying to basically take advantage of writers. And it's already hard as is because you have to come up with all, all the things you have to do as a writer. And when you don't have someone in your ear, especially since most um, literary agents and publishers don't want to talk to anybody unless you're like extremely famous, like you already have clout on you. They don't want to talk to you, even if you're very talented. Some people can get away with it, like younger people, and I get it. You can be talented or whatever, but most of the time they put you in a crappy ass contract where you're making shit money. And even with the actual PR for your book, it's going to be pushed down. It's less than somebody that might be a veteran for their publisher. And a lot of people, I see this a lot. Like I've seen a lot of uh, blogs about like watching out for self-publishing and stuff like that. And most of the times they're putting up outlets where you can self-publish, but they also have services to help and make it look more professional. Like Lulu, they put that up there. And I know Lulu, they have like these expensive, like all-inclusive self-publishing. And a lot of, I think I saw a few blogs that were talking about that. You know why they have those? Those are to make it look more professional, one. And two, so that way you can actually have things that you would normally get from a publisher. So you're not just getting, like, you're not just self-publishing it yourself. You're actually getting services or using services to make your book look a lot more professional. You're making it so that you're expanding your horizon, one. one, And two, you're making it more available for you're making you're having access to more outlets than you would if you just use their regular self-publishing and that means a lot more especially when it comes to your fan base because if you're just trying to stay local that's fine you get amazon you go up there you upload whatever and you can have whoever but they have a broad fan base too so i'm not gonna because i'm using them as well but you can use like a uh, book baby or whatever self-publishing and they'll publish your book, but they don't really work on the actual clout. Like how, where can your fans access it? If you have a limited um, area of where fans can access it, then you're not going to be able to actually sell your books because if you only have a specific area where fans can access it and they only ship to, let's say, within the United States, and that means that all your fans are going to have to be within the United States. Which sucks for any international fans you might gain. So it's like a lot of people have to think about that, especially when it comes to like major publications. Most of the time, unless you're pushing out money and you're a veteran, if you're a new author, your novels stay local for a while, and then they'll put it out there. So it's all about you and actually, and it's all about like the veterans. And that's when they actually will pay attention to you. And the newer ones, it's like you get a crappy deal. You're not making as much as the veterans are. And you're not getting the most PR and advertisement as the veterans are. 
though if you're self-publishing, you could always build your own clout on social media and get more sales that way. So you can do your own PR. And there's outlets like Fiverr is outsourced that can be used to actually find people to do PR for you and to do all the things that you would normally have to have a publisher do for cheap. But you'll get like actual, actual premium work and they'll do what they say that they're going to do. So there are other outlets for people. And most people don't know this. I wish I knew this when I first published. But I didn't find out about Fiverr until like maybe recently. And I use them for a lot of things. Um, it's a great place. Maybe it's also a great place for those people that want to actually not only want to get services, but you want to give services. So maybe you're really good at editing or whatever and you want a side job. It's great to do that as well because you can make a few dollars at the same time and then you can also if when you you want you can also get services from them like editing services pr um book cover design i noticed a lot of these designers are like 10 times better than like the expensive designers you might find online for anyone that's self-publishing so these are just tips that i wanted to like address because i know this is something that a lot of authors, especially self-publishing authors, don't think about. Your cover is just as important as everything else. You can't half-ass do it. Just like you wouldn't half-ass do the content because yes, it's an eye-catcher for everyone else, but it also actually is a lure and hook for your hardcore readers. Because your hardcore readers will dissect the crap out of your cover. And they will notice the difference between something that you've actually put thought in and something that you half-assed did. So keep that in mind. Like I said, I've given you a few um, ideas, especially when it comes to like for self-publishing. You might, um, I don't know if many of you, if you guys are into self-publishing and you do use services like Amazon and um, Lulu. That's great, but I know Lulu you can self-publish without actually having to use the all-exclusive um, packages, which is fine. But if you did decide to use all-inclusive packages, if you do a lot of the things that they normally do online, like let's say there's an all-inclusive package where they do the cover design and this and that and the book format and everything, if you do that ahead of time and you just give it to them, then those prices for whatever that part of the design it is, they cut off. So just keep that in mind. And that way you're paying less than whatever it is, but you still have everything else that's included. So it's, I have had no problem with Lulu. And I know there's a lot of people that are probably gonna look at it. Oh, you published with Lulu, yeah, okay. And I look at those people that are still, those are the same people that have published major publishers and they're still not making anything. So I'm just like, like Penguin Publishing and things like that. I'm like, how's that going? I really haven't heard much about your book, nor about another book that you're writing. Yes, you might have gotten to a major publisher. And there's a few times I've actually, I could have published Eyes with a major publisher. But I decided not to because it's just something that I feel it's better for this being my first novel. I want to have, 
I want to do everything myself. I'm very independent on that situation. I want to have control over everything. I don't want someone who's basically dictating where I go and this and that. I want control over my schedule. So this is why with eyes and even with the pacemaker, like everything, I'm actually planning a few things. Like we're going to be doing book tour for both of them after eyes is published. And then we're going to be doing a book release party after right after eyes is released to everyone. So we're doing like a big release party. We're going to do it in, I'm going to actually be talking more about that later. It's going to be in the fashion of the annual autumn ball that you guys will read about in eyes. So I've never really, it's also, it's going to be like right at the end of September by my birthday. So it's going to be kind of like a birthday slash book release party. I've never really celebrated my birthday like that. So after so much bugging me and like complete like torture, I've let in to have um, my manager actually plan something for my birthday and also make it into a duel. Because I told him the only way I was going to do it unless it had to do it, my book release. Because if I'm just sitting there dancing and drinking with friends, like it, that's great and everything, but I'm not going to feel comfortable. Like, I want to have fun, but I also want to, you know, I want to promote my book. So we're going to have half and half. So I'll give you guys more details about that probably at the end of July. Um, it's actually, I we're not going to have it open to the public, but we will be streaming it. So we will have like a live video of all the going ons there. We're trying to have it very close knit with family and friends and some people from the publishing industry. So and PR agents and stuff like that. So we're keeping it pretty close knit, but we are going to be basically the details of everything. We're going to be releasing the videos, the book videos for Eyes, uh, The Pacemaker and Scarlet Moon. Now, Eyes and the Pacemaker, their book videos are already going to be released online with probably within the next two weeks because it depends on how long it takes for the designer. Um, so within the next two weeks, I'll be releasing Pacemaker and then Eyes book, um, Eyes book video will probably won't be released probably the end of July. And then... The only one that, the only book video that will be unique will probably be, or be new to some people will probably be Scarlet Moon because that's going to be the first debut of Scarlet Moon's book video is for that party. So after that, we're going to be doing book tours. Like I said, we're going to go from um, bookstore to bookstore and then we're going to keep actually taking photos of that. So we'll keep. I'm going to keep you guys in touch on what we're actually doing. We're not going to be doing promotion for the pacemaker right away. We're going to be doing it after eyes is done so I can do it for both. So I kind of want to kill two birds with one stone. And then my book from the depths of my heart won't be released until later this year. And I'm probably not going to really do any a book tour for that one. I'm probably going to just put it out there. And I might, I haven't decided yet, combine it with a book tour with Scarlet Moon. I haven't decided because next year is going to be a whole bunch of books that I'm releasing at once. Well, a few books and then a lot of online series. Like, I 
think is two online series that I want to try to get done and available to everyone. So I will keep you guys posted. This was, I hope you guys enjoyed this segment. I hope this helps a lot of people. This is just my take on book covers, things that I literally had to deal with for so long. And I know this can be a very draining process, but it is very crucial to your book sales. So since it's so crucial to your book sales, it's something that you have to pay attention to as an author. I know I kind of half-assed did it and didn't really care much about that. I just wanted to get my book out there. That was my point. But I really must stress how crucial your book cover is to actually selling your book. That's why with these new books, they're a lot different than what Secrets of My Heart book cover was like. So you're going to see a difference from now on with all my book covers. They're going to take, I normally get those done first. So I hope you guys really like it. And I I hope this helps people because I really don't want people getting stuck in the same like rut I did. So thank you so much for listening to my station. And I will most likely post a segment tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone. Hey everyone, it's Imani Margria, and thank you for listening to Life with Imani Margria. For any aspiring writers and authors that are looking for services, you're thinking about independently publishing, and you're looking for services for your book design or even for promotion and stuff like that, try Fiverr. I've said before in my previous segment that Fiverr is really a very helpful source when it comes to book design, like cover, spine, back cover, mock-ups, like digital mock-ups to help what you're selling. It's a really great and helpful outlet for those people that are going into independent publishing, or even if you're not going into independent publishing, you actually want to get like this stuff done before the publisher. You wouldn't do it on your own first. These are places that you can actually get professional looking covers for cheap because I see a lot of people stalking like, like quote unquote designers, book designers who can basically design basic looking novel covers or book covers and they're preying on new writers and new authors with these adequate level book covers when you can get something that looks that is sellable for cheaper at Fiverr. So what's the whole point of you spending like some range from 50 to like 200, $300. And so I don't want other authors to get caught up in that type of thing. I want you guys to be able to, especially those that are independently publishing. I want you guys to get your money's worth a cover. Really? I talked to a friend that works in cover design and basically like it, you can do this with like Adobe a word and that's it like literally you can get these amazing covers for like half the price you could do it for free if you wanted to it's just people don't know how to do it so i know that there's one called um i know there's a part of i think it's word that it's word publisher you could use that and i think that actually helps 
but he said like you have to watch out especially for those that are like pimping you out for like or asking you for like a shitload of money like if it's in the hundreds then don't get it so i wish people told me this beforehand not saying that i've done it but you know i just want to let you guys know that fiverr is out there i use that for the pacemaker and it really saved me i'm doing it for my spine and back cover for eyes so i hope you guys really like it um i hope you guys check out the site it really is a lifesaver for anyone that's thinking about self-publishing i think this is definitely what you need this is a great tool for not only your design but for the promotions as well you can get a lot of uh you can get people that can write amazing press releases with a, a very broad spectrum of reach which i think is something that a lot of people need so check it out let me know what you think about it i know that i would send a link to the person that i use but i don't know if she would if she works for everyone like her designs are mostly tended to what i normally like to write fantasy and stuff like that and she's very talented so i would definitely put her link within my bio probably by the end of today but check out Fiverr. It's a lifesaver. I don't like it when I see, especially new authors, sitting out there. They're getting like, I, I, the one thing I see about this group that I'm in is just that I see a lot of new authors sitting there asking questions that are like bait for these so-called book designers that literally their designs are like half-ass designs and not even really anything that I would say is special. So I kind of get annoyed with that because I feel like these people don't need this. Like the whole, all they're trying to do is get their stuff out there. So check out Fiverr. It's definitely a lifesaver. It has a lot of services on there beyond just the book design process. You can get mock-ups, you can get videos, things like this. And most of these people, they already have their own website outside of there. So this is a place for those people who are talented artists to kind of put their services out there so that people can actually reach them. So it's like a community, like if if you want to do editing and stuff like that and you want to put your services out there, it's a quick way for you to make money, like I said before. But it's community to bring them together so that way you can find people or very talented people for a lot less money. And it's very helpful. So I definitely encourage everyone to try Fiverr.